the Severe MMA Podcast Premium with Sean Sheehan and Graham McDonald. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA Podcast, and it's a special edition of the podcast today, as I have uh, Judge Ben Cartledge on with me to talk about judging. I'm going to actually. Before I get get into him, we're going to do this in two parts. So the first part, we're going to do just a judging chat. If you have any misconceptions about judging, if your thoughts on judging, we're going to kind of discuss that in the first part here, and that's going to be up for free for everyone on the the Severe MMA uh, podcast uh, feed. And the second part is going to be uh, a review of Ben's year. So we actually did the same thing last year, and we're going to do it again, looking back at some of the fights he judged and did just a year in review, and that's going to be up on Patreon. So if you want to sign up there, patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast, that'll be out tomorrow. Uh, after this one so let, let's get into it Ben how are you how are things happy new year to Mr. Sean Shane how the devil are you I'm yeah, uh, I'm very good <laughs> that, that's good good to hear I suppose you know over over the Christmas there hasn't been that many uh events on and I know you've you've had a couple of weeks off now how has the the break been is it good to kind of get the break and and get a get a get a, get a, get a bit of sleep for once I suppose yeah a bit of normality it's been nice to be honest you don't realize you uh, I say it all the time but you don't realize you need a break until you have one mm-hmm. and uh the thing is like the, the nature of the sport that we do is the fact that like um it's just you just get in a run of so many so many events like it's weird this last weekend it was weird not having an event like just to watch and it's weird next weekend and then all of a sudden before you realize it there's there's no break until june do you know what i mean yeah. and it's <laughs> it's it's kind of funny like that like you you work kind of uh you work so many shows like on average a year I, I, may, I do maybe 25 something like that and you think oh it's one on one off but not really because like i'll have six weeks off in the summer generally mm-hmm. or, or four weeks and then i'll have maybe uh, i don't know eight six or eight weeks off over christmas so when you break that down it's like a lot more a lot more kind of intensive so yeah it's been a yeah i needed a i needed a, a, a kind of break i did i had a really hectic end of the year and it was nice to kind of uh, well, it's nice to be at home, to be honest with you. It's, I think it's the one thing that everyone in MMA kind of has in in commons. Like, oh, it's there's a lot of it. <laughs> you know, there's a, we have a lot of things to do. There's a lot of MMA going on here. We don't get that much of a break, and uh, it's what's what we do. We uh, we enjoy it. But let's let's get straight into the the, the judging debate. So, and maybe not debate, but a, a chat about it. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you, and I think we did did it last this this did this last year even, but we might might do it again. When you sit down in your chair and you're just sitting down to judge a fight, what's what's the process? What's your process of just judging a fight before we get into anything else? The the specifics of it are with uh, with most shows that you'll work. Um, how it works is they'll bring in more than three judges. So um, a, a lot of times um, you'll see uh, the UFC. They'll maybe use six or even seven judges if there's twelve or thirteen fights. And how that works is um, they want you to rotate. They want you to be kind of fresh and be sharp. And you're going to be optimal if you're judging kind of five fights instead of judging kind of uh, 12 fights. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's that other thing as well. Of it. Even if you're judging kind of, even if you've got a bit of a break, if you've got one or two fights to just, do you know what I mean, walk around and kind of reset a little bit, yeah. it's, it's massive kind of mentally because you only need a few that kind of go the distance. Uh, before it starts becoming a very long, a long kind of process. Really, you, you're aware of the fact that you you've been sitting there for quite some time. But when you get to the you get to the venue, you get handed your assignments. How it works is you'll see what fights that you've got, 
And then the first thing that uh, you'll do 90% of the time is you'll check to make sure you've got the right scorecards. How it works is for every round that you score, uh, for, for most of the 99% of the shows will use this method. For every round that you score, you'll have a small scorecard. It's like It looks like a little ticket, and it'll have a red corner, blue corner. It'll be blank. You'll fill in the details, and it'll say points, points deducted, total points on both sides and then a space for you to sign at the bottom so when your fight comes up you'll sit in your chair and then you'll uh, you'll that round will start you judge that round just that round and then when the round comes to an end you'll fill in that scorecard and how it works is the points total you'll put the points one not sorry not points total points which is the first one mm-hmm. you'll put who you gave to what so let's say you give a uh, red corner 10 and blue corner nine if there's no deductions you leave the second one blank and then if there's no deductions, all you do in the third one, points total, is you'll write the same as it's in the top one. So you'll write 10 and 9. And that basically says, if you're just looking at one scorecard, it says, right, how did you score the fight? Was there any deductions? Deductions. And therefore, what's the total? If you get like a point deduction, you'd fill it in exactly the same. You'd go 10-9, but in the deductions, you'd put minus 1. And then when you come to the total, it'd be 10-8 or 9-9, depending on where the deductions were. What happens then is that scorecard is collected by an official who's not working that fight and given to the person who's in charge of tabulating the scorecards. If the fight goes all three, then it goes to the the, the master scorecard, which the, the person who's tabulating the scorecard feeds back to the MC and gives them the result, and then the result's kind of read out. So you, you, as soon as you fill of, that score in... It's handed up at the end of each round, isn't it? So when you score, yes. let's say, round one, corner, red corner, or a, yeah, blue corner, red corner, so you hand up, you write in your 10-9, you hand it up, and that's it. You can't change it it's after gone. that, can you? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, 100% it's gone. And so what you have to do uh, is, as you write it down, I'll do the same thing every time. I'll write it down, fill it in, and I'll say to myself, right, I'll fill it in, and then I'll go, right, blue corner 10, 9, 10, 9. I must say the same thing like every time I do it. But the bottom line is like you, you have to. Do you know what I mean? You can't... Uh, you can't kind of take those. Uh, you can't kind of take those chances, really, because you've only got to put the wrong number in the wrong box, and potentially it could be someone's career. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. those little kind of fail safes. Because, like you say, once those uh, scorecards are, once that card's gone, that's done. You're finished with that round. And the, what you have to do mentally is reset and get ready for the second round. Yeah. So, and I think that's a like we're going to get into some of the misconceptions here, but I think one of the major misconceptions around judging is something just as simple as that, like that. You know, that, that, there's a thing that uh, you have to to be the champ, you have to beat the champ, and a lot of people. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know that's one of the worst ones, but it's like it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even right. It's yeah. to be the man, you got to beat the man. Rick Flair said that. <laughs> yes. Why are we bringing this in? Do you know what I mean? It's nonsense. Yeah. Well, like I, I think the thing about people think about that, and I thought I spoke to someone who was like a long time person covering MMA before about this, and they basically said that at like it was like the fifth round of a, a title fight. A lot of people, you know, had a 2-2 or whatever, and they're like, you know, to, to win this fight, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to to win that round to take it away from the champion. And I'm like, well, no, because <laughs> each round is scored individually. Like, if you have the, the challenger up 3-1, the challenger's going to win that fight, even if, you know, the champion wins the last round. So, like, to me, and I suppose this is a wider point, but I think the major issue with judging is just the people having like a complete misunderstanding for the actual process do you is that something you find when you go online after you you've judged a fight and there's just like a, a, just an avalanche of nonsense coming at you <laughs> yeah it's and the thing is as well like uh, with 
kind of uh, education it kind of goes away mm-hmm. do you know what i mean that's that's the thing like you do see that you do you do see um stuff that like if a, de- a decision gets much talked about like uh, i've kind of stopped doing it really like I, I, not to say that i won't kind of go on a social social media every now and again after events and just see what people are saying but mm-hmm. as a rule like there's just nothing to be gained from that do you know what i mean yeah. like you can't you can't answer every person who disagrees with you. And why would you want to? Like, I, I, if if I see around a certain way and somebody else disagrees with that, I haven't got any problems with that. Do you know what I mean? That if you're then if you're then calling me out as being unprofessional, I'll have a problem with that because because I'm not. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. if we if we're going to disagree on something, like uh, over the years, like uh, a lot of people, I mean, you talk about judging all the time, and we've disagreed on rounds, but it's not to the point where, do you know what I mean? I, you're not you're not a completely closed book like i don't feel like if i'm talking to you about a round mm-hmm. that i can make a case for it and here's the thing right you might not agree with it but you can understand it mm-hmm. and that's the, the the central premise when i look at judging is the fact that with me personally that's what i want i i, I want everybody to be able to understand um why rounds are scored in a certain way and when that does happen and like you say like things like this like like the really good stuff that, that you guys put out and that a lot of other people like have been trying to put out and stuff. And the more people that know about judging and the more people that talk about judging, the, the, the better it gets. Do you know what I mean? The more, the more kind of, the more the, the criteria are out there, the more people are going to start reading them and referring to them. And if I get like, a, I do quite often get kind of judges who are at the start of the judging career message me, oh, I'd really like to do this. I'd, I'd watch it. And the first thing I do is direct them towards uh, the the nearest kind of Mark Goddard course if they're in the UK and then send them a copy of the Unified Rules and uh, specifically the the uh, 2017 updated uh, ABC judging criteria and say read that print it off stick it up on your wall stick it up on your desk at work so you've always got it so you can always read through it because mm-hmm. familiarization with that just cuts out a lot of the nonsense. That okay, uh, uh, let's get to that point. So the the rules, the new writing of the rules. It's something I kind of refer to an awful lot. It's where you know I started talking to you about it around in I think, and I think that's where I started thinking about judging in a different way. But, and I think those clarifications maybe of the rules rather than the change of the rules help people, including myself, to understand it a little bit better. Can you just explain to us what exactly that did for the rules and for judging? I think. Uh, in the prioritized criteria, um, originally went before they revised the criteria, uh, a, a couple of things were quite kind of were a, a bit uh, a bit more vague than they are now. Um, the ten eight round being a big one, um, the previous kind of uh, direction for using a ten eight round was just uh, when a uh, a fighter wins a round by a large and convincing margin. Mm-hmm. That's quite broad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That could be that will will like if somebody take somebody down for five minutes and stays on top of them for that time and lands just enough not to get stood up. Mm-hmm. Is that a 10, eight round or, or isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because he's won it by a large margin undoubtedly, but what's the end outcome of that round? Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a sport where we're looking for people to be finished in one method or another. And you, you can't ever get away from that when you're looking at judging like near finishes and near fight finishing scenarios are, are kind of, uh, of key importance. Mm-hmm. So looking at stuff like that, it's, it, it was harder. Whereas now you've got, the duration, the damage, and the dominance. You've got kind of specific markers where you can pigeonhole what you're seeing against what uh, what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And obviously the other one was the definition of effective striking and grappling and the, the definitions of, and the clearer definitions that your secondary criteria of effective aggressiveness and fine area control. Um, it, it said before that they were secondary criteria, but it's, ma- it's 
reinforced and actually physically physically written um, in the criteria that effective aggressiveness is a plan B and should not be considered unless any judge doesn't see an advantage in the striking or grappling and cage ring control, fighting area control is a plan C and should only be needed when all the other criteria are 100% even for both competitors. Mm-hmm. And it even says this is an extremely rare occurrence. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's directed. It, it For people who've been judging a while, it's what they've always kind of needed, yeah. which is great. And for people who are new to it, it's broken down in a way that it's easily understandable. It's like, it's a really great, uh, it's a really great kind of revision. And from when that happened, judging for me came on, came on leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. And I uh, like, I think that's a very important thing as well. They're like, there's, there's, there's uh, you know, it's a tertiary judging method, isn't the octagon control? Cause that's another thing that people always say. Oh. He had the octagon control. He pushed the fight. We saw the Aldo Moraes fight there recently where, uh, Aldo was pushing forward and people were saying that he was winning the round because he was pushing pushing forward. Can you just explain to us that like, when, when we get to what effective grappling and what effective striking is in a second, but the, that method of pu- just pushing forward and uh, dominating where the fight is being uh, taken place, that's not winning the fight, is it? It's landing strikes and you know going for submissions and trying to end the fight that's actually winning the fight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The primary prioritized criteria is effective striking and grappling. Mm-hmm. So legal blows that have an immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of a match. And this is the important bit, with the immediate weighing more heavily than the cumulative. And that's the, a lot of the judging questions I get is always stuff like, well, if one guy, if fighter A lands five jabs and fighter B lands one big right hand and staggers him, well, which would you go for? Then, well, it tells you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're looking at immediate fight finishing, damaging kind of stuff um, as your as your kind of uh, priority. Uh, and then obviously we'll go on to the, 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 the breakdown of effective striking and grappling, but those two are your, uh, those two are your, your primary and that is where 99.9% of the fights that you judge will be judged kind of uh, in that realm. The other thing that doesn't help, I don't think, when you talk about misconception is that uh, a lot of broadcasts, a lot of fight organizations, and there's loads of them that, that do this, will have, uh, they'll, they'll employ people to do statistics. And so you're being fed kind of a narrative of while you're watching a fight. And then a stat will come up and it'll say advancing 75%. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You might as well put up what he had for breakfast. Like it doesn't, unless everything's 100% even, that doesn't mean But if you don't really know, and you've maybe seen the thing and, th- and thought to yourself, hang on, he mentioned fighting area control earlier, or he mentioned aggressiveness earlier. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something towards. And that's, do you know what I mean? Like people, p- because of the the kind of, the the roots of mixed martial arts and then kind of where it's kind of come from there is still that there is still a little bit of that kind of a, a little bit of kind of the, the just bleed element to it do you know what there i mean is, and yeah. and there's there's almost a negative kind of thing a negative kind of um backlash sometimes to fighters who uh, win fights off the back foot mm-hmm. even though it's it's completely valid and like it's a, it's a completely kind of a it's a, it's a if you're landing the better strikes then it doesn't matter if you're going forwards or backwards that's exactly and i, I think another thing as well the, to me the, the most pointless stat anyone could ever put up in mma is total strike stats it's like why would you put up a total strike stat in the third round when you've already two cards handed up for the first two rounds? Like, you, yeah. someone could have landed 110 strikes and 100 of them could have been in the first round. They could land a two in the second round, you know, and, and eight in the, in the third round or whatever it is, and they're losing two to one. So it's absolutely pointless, I think. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the criteria says, doesn't it, about mm-hmm. it, like, like we just said there, uh, with the weight more on it, immediate rather than cumulative. Exactly, yeah. So that, that doesn't matter then. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say in that strike, in that strike breakdown, total strikes. It doesn't say 110, 
10 were dead hard. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, <laughs> you yeah. don't know. Are all 110 the same? Well, no, they're not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're all, what, at 5, 10, 50, 55, what? Like, mm. what What are you trying to quantify? Exactly. That's what makes it kind of, that's what makes it difficult because your criteria is telling you one thing and raw statistical kind of data analysis, although a helpful part of, of kind of getting a barometer of a round, mm-hmm. isn't the be all and end all. Or if it was, then... We w- I wouldn't have a job. Do you know what I mean you wouldn't need me? You just get you just get like uh, you just get three kind of robots kind of doing yeah, it all like, like uh, Olympic boxing scoring. For yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, when they used to have that thing where all they used to have like a, a number of judges and they all had to press a button within a certain mm-hmm. time, didn't they? Yeah. To to see when a strike had been like there was it was quite a long time. I remember it was like in the nineties they were tr- yeah they were trialing that system out. I can't remember if they, what happened to it or if it's still used or whatever. But yeah, there was there was a panel of judges and they all had a, like a button and every time a guy landed a, a punch. Like they all had to press the button within three seconds of each other or something, and yeah. then it went. It, 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 it's so random. Like that, that'd never work in, yeah. in the mixed martial arts. But like I say, when you get a, a, just a number like total strikes, like it's easy to go. Well, he's 110 and he's 100. He's 105. He must mm. be winning. Like it's, it's yeah, it's weird. It doesn't work. It's more complicated <laughs> than that. It definitely is. Before we move on to the effective grappling and striking, just a last thing on kind of the octagon control bit. Is there any round that you can think of where it was actually scored 10-9 or whatever to walk to control? I remember the round that kind of sticks out to me, and maybe it's it's wrong, you can tell me if it is, but that Paul Redmond round from a few years ago, remember when he was like caught in a submission, it was just like laying on top of each other for a, like a, yeah. a four minutes. Was that was Would that be the sort of a round where you would go to the, the tertiary scoring system? I think the thing for me with that was, like, at, 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 as I remember rightly, like it was Redmond stuck in like a guillotine yeah. for about four minutes, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think, like, I remember speaking to Leon, about that and i said i said that was strange and he said the thing was like the guy who had the guillotine was adjusting his hands quite a bit so i mean you could argue was he playing the game i don't know do you know what i mean was he trying to get that that submission in but but kind of by doing that he's kind of giving redmond kind of something else to do do you know what i mean he's having yeah. to defend and he's having to tuck that neck so i mean you'd say out of the two of them is he going to finish it no because if you if you hold somebody in a guillotine for four minutes it's not on do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't survive more than a couple of seconds. But if he's kind of attacking with that and forcing a kind of defense, that's basically kind of all that's all that's happened because Redmond's had to defend. If he was stuck in that position and Redmond would have landed some punches, maybe if he didn't feel a threat, maybe landed some punches over the top. If he landed quite a few, you could give him that round. Do you know what I mean? There's so, there's a uh, something that differentiates then. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But but for that, like um, you lean towards the fact that. As much how effective is attacking that submission, we'll, we'll never know because you don't know because you're not kind of in it. But by the fact that he's moving his hands and he's he's attacking and the other guy's kind of having to defend and not able to move as freely, you kind of weigh it up like that. But rounds um, rounds where you use aggressiveness and fighting area control are incredibly rare, to be honest. I'll tell you where you see it more. You see it more at amateur. If you watch any of the IMAF stuff, um, you find rounds where that happens more because you're dealing with shorter rounds, you're dealing with not as many techniques, you're dealing with people who aren't as experienced and so maybe they're a bit more nervous. So you're dealing with rounds with much lower output. Mm-hmm. Generally, when there's anything above uh, a kind of a, a medium to high output, you don't kind of need that. But mm-hmm. it's when rounds, when if you're talking amateurs, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Bigger, bigger gloves, shin pads, three-minute rounds, probably nervous, do you know what I mean? A lot at stake. It's it, You'd be more likely to see a round where you'd need those those kind of secondary and tertiary criteria. Hundred percent. Right. Let's let's talk about effective grappling. We kind of got into it with the the Redmond fight there for a second, but hmm. like effective grappling is something which 
I think it takes a lot longer than maybe even one podcast <laughs> to understand what effective <laughs> effective grappling is because to my understanding of what you know talking to you over the last couple of years and things it's like a takedown isn't effective grappling unless it leads to something uh you know a, a passing guard isn't effective grappling scoring wise until it leads to something now in terms of where it might lead the fight it's very effective but in terms of scoring it doesn't score uh, unless it, it leads to something is that the kind of the way you go into fights looking at effective grappling and looking how you're going to score around effective grappling wise yeah i mean the the deal with uh, effective grappling is if you look at different positions then why is a different position better than another position why is guard better than why is guard better than, why is mount excuse me better than guard well mount's better than guard because you haven't got your legs stopping me from using my hips to throw punches and i'm closer to your head so i can land bigger shots quicker and easier but if i'm not able to do that then that position's worthless mm-hmm. and that's the thing like um holding positions without kind of being able to do anything with them even if you go from guard to say side control, if you're not able to then do anything from it, just holding on and clamping, if you're not able to to land any strikes, is a yeah, it's not something that's that's kind of scored favorably. If you look at um, the prioritized criteria, you said you summed it up very well. Then the, the actual uh, wording talks about successful execution of takedowns, submission attempts, and reversals, uh, and the achievement of advantageous positions that produce immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to end the match. Um, yeah, with immediate way more to it, more heavily than cumulative. And it says it says specifically, which it didn't before, uh, it should be noted that a successful takedown um, is not merely a change in a position, but the establishment of an attack from the use of that takedown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're absolutely spot on. If you think about a takedown, really, from standing to it, for, or you think of like a guard pass, imagine if two fighters are up against the cage and one, and it's over, they both got over under, and then one of them pummels under and gets double underhooks. Well, if he doesn't do anything with it, it's, nothing's really changed yeah do you know what i mean it's just a change in a it's just a change in a position uh, and it talks as well uh, about and this is one we've probably we'll probably get into like there's a lot of examples of this especially this year um top and bottom position fires are assessed on the impactful and effective result of their actions mm-hmm. rather than their position uh, and that's a, a big kind of a, a, a big kind of misnomer really a big misconception uh is position over kind of uh effective output mm-hmm. it's not the position you have is it it's what you do in that position exactly a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent because you move to a better position you can do better stuff right yeah exactly like but that's I, the thing I, a lot of people i suppose you know irish and fans listen to this podcast remember neil siri had that fight where he was i think it was chris wade took him down and he was elbowing the head off him just throwing big elbows like cutting him up from the bottom like Okay, one guy got a takedown, but the other guy's hurting him. He's making him bleed. Like he's he's, yeah, he's exactly. beating him. Like like I I think people sometimes forget that this is a fight, and the the, the judging criteria and the rules are about aggression. They're about uh, attacking. You know, it's an offensive exactly. sport at the end of the day. And like exactly, well, it, defense used to be yeah. in the rules, and then they took it out, mm-hmm. arguing that effective defense gave its own rewards, which is the ability to to attack. And like you say, that's the whole point. It's it's based around it's based around attacking. Do you think there's still like a leftover thought of that in people's minds when they're looking at fights? And, you know, and I suppose uh, maybe it's another argument as well, but like the late takedown wins the round. That's the thing we hear an awful lot. Is that something that's maybe left over from the old criteria possibly that people are still thinking about and that's just null and void at this stage? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it was a common misconception for a, a number of years, but a number of years, a big number of years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where we are in, in, in modern kind of judging, that's kind of a... Here's the thing, like people miss 
conceive that as well. People saying, well, you can't win the, the round with a, a, a late takedown. Well, if a round's kind of really, really even, a yeah. guy gets a big slam takedown and then maybe lands a lot of shots mm -hmm. as the round ends, he could 100% win that round. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If that round's even. But it's the fact that if somebody's been winning the round completely and then the other guy takes him down and you're like, oh, well, he, he's won. No, that doesn't... It doesn't kind of it doesn't kind of work like that. Maybe a hangover from like you say, like it's more of a a, a fan perception hangover, I think, because yeah. like I don't really I don't know I don't work with a lot of I, I suppose I just now uh, I generally work with the more experienced judges, and it's like that stuff that we as judges those kind of misconceptions were things we were dealing with kind of five, six, seven, eight years ago. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like since since especially since these revisions have come in, people mm -hmm. have taken people have taken a, a long hard look at, at kind of judging and it's 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 good because more people just the more people who understand it the better it is yeah 100%. and i think the point you made there as well about a slam takedown that's going to score more because it has an effect on the fight you know like uh ricardo or on a rampage when he slammed him down and knocked him out that is a big enough a big effect but someone just like you know taking someone down and laying in their guard for five minutes that doesn't have that big an effect so. well you, you look at like it, it's talking about effective strikes and it's talking about like um uh, damage that goes towards kind of ending a fight well a, a big slam like that yeah. can be kind of you, you've seen people finish like that do you know what i mean yeah. like um you'd almost look at that as if it's if it's a strike do you know what i mean and yeah. then you, your guy who's got the takedown has got the ability to work like a big concussive slam takedown like ricardo rona or like um do you know what i mean that they uh the one uh gray maynard famously did on uh, robert emerson that he knocked yeah. himself out with do you know what i mean like there's a lot of big takedowns like like that 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 you see and you think to yourself yeah he's got the top position but there's something extra there do you know what i mean that there's a, a concussive element to that that's caused kind of damage mm -hmm. or uh yeah the, the, there's there's a lot of guys who can who can do that and you do look at that kind of uh you do look at that differently yeah 100 i suppose on effective striking then the effective strike uh, striking i think is a very uh, it's a very tough one, I think, to decide on as well. Like, what strike is effective and what strike is not. And I suppose we'll get on to in, in a while maybe as well about being, you know, close to the action and seeing those strikes and strikes cage side being a lot different maybe to strikes when you're watching at home. But, like, to me, I've it's something that i've tried i've tried very hard to kind of adjust my thinking of when i'm watching fights like someone can dominate maybe not dominate but we like winning a fight for like three or four minutes of the fight and then someone lands a big shot and that's a more effective shot than anything that's happened in the last three or four minutes like tim i want to get your thoughts completely on, on effective uh effective striking but is that that's the way you're kind of looking at it as well isn't what has the closest to fight ending damage or the amount of damage exactly. is actually done yeah. Exactly. And what you've got to look at is uh, almost kind of like a, if you're looking at a round that maybe is entirely striking, you're looking at that kind of that kind of seesaw, like which way is it edging? Who's landing the better stuff? Mm -hmm. And if, if Fighter B who's down by quite a bit lands the biggest shot of the round, does that outweigh the damage that the other fighter's kind of done? Do you know what I mean? You have to make those kind of decisions. If you look at, for example, uh, the first round of uh, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, it was myself, uh, David Letherby and uh, Paul Sutherland all on that. And with about 20 seconds left, we all had Robert Whitaker ahead. He'd landed the best strikes, do you know what I mean, throughout that. And then the last 10, five seconds, um, uh, Adrian Adesanya hit him with a beautiful shot, dropped him and hurt him and went in for another shot and the round finished. Mm -hmm. And at that point, all of us gave the round the same. All of us gave it to Israel Adesanya because that was the most damaging strike of that entire fight. But also that outweighed the work that had been done. Now, had uh, Whitaker been dominating the rest of the round and dropped Adesanya a couple of times, that strike probably wouldn't have been enough. 
But that in that moment, that strike is the most concussive thing that's happened in that fight. It's the most defining moment in that fight, and it's the most damage that's been inflicted. Mm -hmm. And it outweighs, like, if Whitaker had been able to hurt him, you'd look at it differently. But as that fight was, that gives you an example. And the funny thing is, as <laughs> as a judge, like, um, that's a, you've got. I've got ten seconds to make that call. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That fight finishes, and the guy, like, sometimes the guy who's got the cards sitting on my shoulder. Or sometimes I'm luckily enough, I'm lucky enough to be sitting right next to the commissioner and I can just bob in the scorecard myself, which affords you an extra five, 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. But that round finishes and I've quickly got to calculate, right, do you know what I mean? I'll have an idea exactly leading up to kind of fights, which way I'm going to, leading up to the end of rounds, which way I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing about judging is that you can get a spanner thrown in the works like that at the last minute. Yeah. And then it's just you, a piece of paper, a world title and 58,000 people. God, I'm like, God, you're making me nervous. My fans are sweating here. Listen to God, I'm like, something you taught me once, and I think it's uh, such an intelligent thing, I think. And I think someone else told you, so you're not that smart. <laughs> you taught me judging is a verb. It's not just a noun. Could you explain what you mean by it when you said yeah, that? Yeah, that was um, uh, Mr. Corey Schaefer who said that, who's the uh, one of the, the top guys at ISK, the International Sport um, uh, Kickboxing Association. He's a great guy, and I worked with him a couple of times. What he's basically saying is the fact that um, you you kind of you judge you are a judge, but you judge as well. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of that's the job title, but you you're, you're there to do that, and uh, it's your kind of it, people are being bought in to say their opinion. People bring me to these shows because they want to know who I think won fights according to the criteria that I'm given, yeah. and what you get is the fact that I'm there to make decisions. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And th the great thing with the criteria now is, is especially with, with the 10-8s and how uh, how well-written the striking and grappling and all the other tertiary criteria, there's 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 very, li very, very little kind of cadence for kind of drawn rounds. Yeah. And I'm not a, a thingy to that. Like, I think if, if you could make, if you could make me a solid case for a round that you think should be a 10-10, mm -hmm. then I'll hear it and I'll listen to it. But now the criteria is as selective as it. That's why it's it's in so many layers mm -hmm. because they they want you to judge. They want you to say like the the the, the sport works like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that's the whole point of having judges. I, I'm I'm here. Do you know what I mean? And the thing with it is 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 like uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna book me and you're gonna kind of I'm gonna spend like two three days away from my wife and my dogs and all my friends. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna travel loads and be really tired and I'm gonna just. Uh, it's like it's it's a fantastic kind of experience and a great opportunity judging, but it's hard work. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. And if I'm going to do that, then yeah, you better believe I'm going to give you a, do you know what I mean? A, a decision. I'm here to make that kind of a, I'm I'm here to kind of make that call. And and like you see the fact that the criteria is kind of streamlined in that way mm -hmm. because they want kind of a decisions made. They yeah. want a. Well, as Corey would say, they want judges to judge, my friend. That's it. And that I think that's the thing that I, I, I if I was writing the rules, I would 100% disagree with that. And that's something I would change. I would, and I, it might be bad for the sport, but I think that, that would be, a ch I'd make more 10-10 rounds. I'd make okay. rounds that are close more 10-10. But I'm, I need to take that out of my head when I'm looking at fights because that's not the way fights are scored. Like, I remember before when I started this podcast, myself and Andrew were talking about it, and I used to look at fights and give my opinion on fights based on how i thought fights should be judged 
Exactly. And I, a that lot is, of people do that. That is completely wrong. And I've changed that completely. And every time I look at a fight now, I'm looking at a fight of how you would judge it or how Eric Colomb would judge it or any of, any of the judges around the world would judge it. And I think that's the way we need to do it. Like, we wouldn't look at soccer and say, you know, this guy's foot is behind the other guy's foot and he's offside. But I don't think that's what the offside rule should be. I think it should be a different... I think it should be his whole body. So he's not offside. But that's incorrect. That's not the rules of the sport, is it? Exactly. Is, is that like a major issue you see as well with like... Yeah. Just not the looking at the rules of the sport. Yeah, exactly. The way people want fights to kind of... Uh, to to kind of be scored mm -hmm. the funny thing is that like you say you used to do that yourself and then you learned a lot about judging we had a lot of conversations like you you kind of took the time to learn and read and study and, and get better at it and now you notice that in other people mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and that's the thing it kind of goes full circle we've all kind of been there do you know what i mean yeah. before i started judging i'd watch fights and have ideas and, and opinions and then once i kind of once i like got in the got in the chair myself like a uh, god nearly a decade ago mm -hmm. like um i i was kind of quickly quickly woken up to the fact that uh that this is what i need to this is how fights are scored and until something changes do you know what i mean this is how you kind of do it irrespective of whether you think that do you know what I mean? and you got to think back when when i started 2010 it was it was it was completely different do you know what i mean you didn't have these kind of revisions so mm -hmm. like it was there was more leeway to people for people to kind of um uh win fights with kind of uh being more kind of controlling and less kind of damaging really mm -hmm. um and 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 that and the, the the crazy thing with judging is that well, since the revisions, people kind of uh, like people are, are always want to have a go at kind of judging stuff, and I get it. Do you know what I mean? It's an easy target. Like we're kind of faceless; nobody knows what, who any of us are or what we look like or yeah. or whatever. But like judging now is re is written to produce exciting fights. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're rewarded for going for broke. You're you're not you're like because like you say and you see a. Uh, like if you you could like conservatively win four minutes or four minutes ten of a round and mm -hmm. then spectacularly lose fifty seconds of it and lose the round, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like since the the criteria was was rewritten a couple of times, they took defense out, they moved kind of a few things around. You're rewarded now by trying to finish the fight. The incentive for you to win rounds is for you to try and finish fights, and that inevitably leads to more exciting fights. Do it you, has to. Do you think? coaches and fighters understand that that they know that those are the rules um i think it's getting a lot better like now i think the days of uh the death for, for me the days of uh <laughs> the days of coaches in the leisure center shows screaming that fights should be <laughs> five nil when oh <laughs> jesus yeah. the, the, those days are kind of uh, those days are kind of long gone now and i think mm. you'll find that a lot of judges now uh um and a lot of a, a lot of judges will uh, are quite open about sending people links to criteria and speaking to people about it. And a lot of coaches now, a lot of coaches now understand that like it, it's in their interest mm -hmm. to kind of, uh, it's in their interest to know it. Like if you remember after um, the uh, uh, Cage Warriors uh, Night of Champions where uh, uh, James Webb and yeah. um, uh, Nathias Frederick had that draw, me and the, all the judges were like we always do, like sitting on our own in a bar afterwards because like, no one will talk to us. Like, uh, <laughs> Chris Fields came over to us and said, look, I'm not having a go, lads. And we've all known Chris for a long time, seeing through the, the scene and, and judged quite a few of his fights. And he said, look, I need to understand something about this judging. How does this work? And how does this work? And it's not like you're saying, look, this is what you need to do to win. Mm -hmm. you, I just, you just send him a link to the criteria and you'll just read it through and you can see exactly the process of, of kind of how it scores. You're not giving anybody an unfair advantage. Somebody's asking you for information and you're showing them where they can find it. And as a result of that, the coaches who do that 
um, the coaches who are, are able to kind of read and study are able to look at their fighters a lot more uh, holistically and they're able to see really what their fighters need to do to win more fights and that that then makes them better coaches you know mm-hmm. I, I actually funny enough i spoke to james webb after that fight as well and before the second fight and i asked him specifically about that and he you know he said the same that he said you know he needed maybe a, to adjust the way he fought a little bit with a better understanding of the rules so i think that's that's an interesting thing as well for fighters like if i was a fighter right now or a coach right now i'd be getting on to a judge like you or someone like that to get a specific understanding of the rules and what my fighter needs to do to win a fight like rather than just saying you know i think a coach and fighters are there to you know teach the, the fighter how to do the technique and how to fight a fight and you know for the fighter how to win the fight or whatever but if you don't know the rules you don't know exactly how to win the fight no, exactly. so I think that's a smart thing to do and the thing is as a judge is obviously you're very wary about um relationships uh, you don't have any kind of relationships with coaches or fighters really it's not yeah. like you your social network uh, friends with any of them or it's not like you'll you'll kind of if you see them at events it's like you'll see them and nod and do you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a kind of passing thing but you'll occasionally you'll run into people at like airports or different things and like um it's it's the same if it's the same approach to everybody then it's not a problem do you know what i mean if you say to a if a coach says to you have you got do you know where i can get a copy of the it's always the same thing oh i need to understand more about judging i'll be like look here's where you can get the unified rules google that read it through you'll have everything that you need Mm -hmm. and then uh and that's the the, the kind of top and bottom of it really because yeah. i can say that now because the rewritten criteria are just so well yeah. explained and so well broken down mm-hmm. i think there's a level of professionalism as well like i think we know that judges are going in there and they're scoring at blue corner versus red corner and like we know even if you know you were to go and you were going to visit you know spg or or team kf or team renegade or you know ak in america or whatever like you're uh, if you're to talk to those people you're just explaining what the rules are like in the premier league every year the referees go around i think they go to like each uh each team and they tell them like the new yeah. rules and how to implement them like exactly. that's well, it's, it's no different to referees in mma if you watch like um you say it as we said at the start like at the start of the show i'll get my assignments all the referees do as well mm-hmm. and then what they'll do is they'll go and see every one of their fighters individually and they'll give them a a, a talk on what they expect do you know what i mean and and uh, and a few if they've got any questions about the rules do you know what i mean and they'll say they'll they'll give and every referee does it differently but they'll all every single referee the process remains the same you get to the show you work out what fighters you've got you'll see your prelim fight because generally with a bigger show like maybe the ufc Mm -hmm. the prelim fighters will arrive first and then the main card fighters will arrive a bit later so what you'll see with with referees is they'll maybe the prelim fighters will turn up. They'll speak to maybe they've got two prelims. They'll speak to the four guys, mm-hmm. and then after they've done the second prelim, the main card guys will arrive and they'll go back and speak to whoever they've got on the main card. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's it, it isn't instructing in terms of well you do this or do that. It's saying these are the rules. I want you to understand what I'm going to be what I'm going to be saying. If I give you this warning, this is what it means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of that kind of stuff. It's it's kind of different to that, like you say. There, there is that professionalism, and you're 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 wary of that kind of that kind of keeping that professional kind of distance. But like I say, if if anybody asks me about judging or or judging breakdowns or the the the, the unified rules, it's it's nice because they're all in one. They're all on the ABC website, so you just, <laughs> just kind of send them there, really. Yeah, I, I put out a tweet a second ago asking for uh for if you could ask a judge a question, what well, could you ask? I get, I, I get to that in a second, but I've. Two, two things I want to ask you before that. Go on. And one of them is, um, 
a lot of people talk about the 10 point must system right and say it's a boxing system and say it doesn't work for MMA what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that on, on just the 10 point must system and do you think there's a, could be a better system out there somewhere else for MMA to, to judge MMA I think like if you understand the correct application of the criteria mm-hmm. I think the, the 10 point must system is fine mm-hmm. I don't see any I don't see any I don't see like how making it more complicated would get it better yeah like I don't see how I don't see how having nine judges and them all being martial arts experts and scoring things in different cat you're just making it more complicated like mm-hmm. how the, the the things that you would get that would go wrong with a more co- things go wrong now and it's yeah. a simple system do you know what I mean but it's a simple system where um if you're under- if you understand what the criteria are and how you approach uh scoring rounds based on that then 99.9% of the time the right guy wins mm-hmm. which is what we're all here for right close we fights if- close fights are always going to be close fights as well like even if you know if you have a five round fight and there's four rounds that are absolutely clear that who won them and there's one close round that's still a very close fight like you know I think people fail to maybe understand that at times close fights are always going to be close fights no matter what scoring system you have and there's always going to be issues isn't there when it, when it goes to a decision now we could fight to the, to the finish and fight till someone gets submitted or get knocked out but that's not realistic there's always no, going to be not. issues yeah how is that going to work on pay-per-view it's not is it no. do you know what I mean it's but not when somebody do you know what I mean when, fights, yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah when you pay like you pay your $60 and get two fights mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it just wouldn't work like it wouldn't work at all I think like the thing with the changes in the criteria uh, uh, have been the most significant a kind of catalyst for uh, a, an improved kind of perception of judging and improved understanding of judging but also an improved kind of like system of, of demarcation really so judges are able to like tick box and pigeonhole what they're watching against something there isn't there isn't kind of the, the there's there's kind of designated things that certain things have to meet mm-hmm. in order to be a round of a certain score and that was always the thing like i'd always get those questions like with with judging fights that you, you've got no idea that amount of questions so this guy it's always the same so okay two guys one guy does this one guy does this who wins mm-hmm. well now it's the criteria explains all of that yeah. do you know what i mean i always ask the same thing well who did the most what was most significant who did the most damage what happened there do you know what i mean there's there's always more to it than 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 kind of than meets the kind of simplicity of it all mm-hmm. but i mean that's the that's the, that's that's the crazy nature of judging do you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's it's a it's a craft that i've dedicated the last kind of 10 years to and and like it's it's tough man yeah. it's tough it's hard like being away and do you know what i mean like we'll get we'll like say we'll have a chat in a bit about all the stuff that i did last year and mm-hmm. you'd be surprised like just you'd be surprised just how, how how hard it is and just how long kind of you're away and, and the, the sacrifices kind of uh, you have to make but uh for me personally like uh, with everything all the negativity that goes from kind of people and stuff and all the, the stuff that you see on twitter and all the the little kind of spats judging fights is the best job in the world like i can't tell you how much like i can't tell you what it feels like when you're sitting in that chair and like a main event starts or do you know what i mean you kind of it's it's, it's a little things you, you walk off that bus and you walk into that arena like i can't tell you how it how it feels mm-hmm. like it's it's it, it's something else do you know what i mean it's absolutely something else like i've done uh i've done 37 events with the ufc and every single time they play Barbara O'Reilly, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a special thing. I'll kind of stand there and I'll get kind of goosebumps and I'll think to myself, this is a thing, isn't it? 
irrespective of doing this for the, do you know what I mean? Working with the UFC since 2012 and judging fights since 2010, like this is, I honestly believe this is what I'm kind of put on this earth to do really. Yeah. And it's like, it's, 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 it's difficult, but, but I mean, like uh, the good thing is with stuff like this, and like I say, all that we chat about it all the time and, mm-hmm. and one thing or another, but it, it's, it's good. It's really good that there's people like you doing stuff like this because people, the more people understand it, the easier it gets kind of for all of us do you know yeah. what i mean i, th- I think and it's we- better like once you get not just better for you and the other judges i think it's better for me and better for everyone watching i think hmm. if, if you're a fan of the sport and you listen to this podcast you maybe have a better understanding of how the sport is scored i think you enjoy it more like i've enjoyed the sport more because i have a better understanding of it now i've always strived to do that since i've watched started watching the sport from you know someone throwing a bunch or you know how, how a, a, a fighter goes out and you know has their game plan to, to win the fight i think that gives you a better understanding of the sport. but the last thing i wanted to ask you you're you talked about the human side of it there. I mean, obviously, in the next podcast over on Patreon, we'll talk about that even more. But I'm, I want to know about the exact, like, the sitting cage side, human side of it. You know, when you're in, in Liverpool and Paddy Pimble is fighting or Darren Till is fighting or you're in Brazil and Jose Aldo is fighting or, you know, even if you're in a leisure centre and you're sitting there cage side and you're seeing the impact of that strike. Like, a lot of people, including myself, have, have talked, maybe maybe not about it actually happened, but maybe a trialling, having backstage and looking at it on the TV. Would you be totally against that? Or what, what are you thinking of, like, the human side of it and how that actually plays into the fight itself and the judging of the fight? Yeah, I think, like, you know yourself that you miss a lot from, from watching a broadcast. And if I watch kind of uh, whenever I do a show, wherever it is, the first thing I do where, when I get home and I get a bit of time is I'll watch that back. And if, if there's been any decisions that, that, that I want to just like, do you know what I mean? Rewatch and kind of re and the number of times I'll watch a, a, a shot land on the broadcast and think to myself, that didn't look like a lot, but knowing live, do you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. towels, the body language, the eyes rolling, do you know what I mean? The wincing, the whoop, the falling backwards. Like you, you just, there's so many things, the noises, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can tell you, you yourself, like, we, we know, like I can tell you a good leg kick from a bad leg kick without looking at it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Cause you hear that, cause it's yeah. that, you get that dull thud. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. horrible dull thud as opposed to that slap but everybody at home will hear that slap and think oh do you know what i mean yeah but 99 of the time that's the foot mm-hmm. so i mean you get that kind of dull thud of the shin just slamming into yeah. the leg it doesn't make a lot of noise but the noise it makes it, it kind of goes through it resonates and you know that 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 has that kind of impact like mm-hmm. i like the idea of of uh of tri- i don't see i don't see any problem with trial and stuff like that i don't see any problem with like the, the ufc for example when I started with them, and they still do it now, they have a, a shadowing procedure for judges. So how it works is, uh, the first ever show I did with the UFC was UFC Nottingham in 2012, and I was invited to shadow at that show. And how it works is that they just give you a seat somewhere, and what you have to do is you have to score every single round that happens. And every one of your scorecards goes into uh, 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 Mr. Mark Ratner. He takes the scorecards away. They don't count towards the final scores, but what they do is he's got the master scorecards, and at the end of the night, he'll tally your cards against the judges' cards that went and you've been watching the fights himself. So he can see your impressions of, of the fights and if they're accurate and what they think of you as kind of a, as an official. And it's a very, you can't do that with refing, but with judging, that's great because you can you can kind of do that. The shadowing thing's really good. And and like um, the, the UFC have kind of, uh, have always done that. And it's a great kind of, it's a great way of kind of somebody being able to get that, almost that uh, big fight kind of feel without having them sat in the chair. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause before you need to, you need to obviously put your road work in, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You need to have done 
the leisure center scene and, and work your way up and, and get to those opportunities. But like, um, if you, if you kind of progress and you feel like you're at that level and you've maybe worked kind of nationally and a few internationals or whatever, and that opportunity comes, it's, it's good that the fact that you still have to go through a, a procedure kind of like that, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, it's like uh, my good friend, uh, Mr. Mark Goddard said, the UFC somewhere you uh, graduate to, it's not somewhere you graduate from. That's Do you it. know what I mean? Yeah. You need to put your roadwork in so when you get there, you're kind, of, you're kind of ready for it. And I remember that the first time I actually, I ever sat in a, a, a chair at a UFC event to actually judge, it was 2013, it was in Japan on the uh, Vanderlei Silver Bryant stand card. Mm. And it was uh, Marcelo uh, uh, Guimarães against Hyung Yu Lim and... Uh, I sat down and the music came on and I saw him walk out and I was I was ready. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I knew I was ready. I had the kind of I had the rounds under my belt, so to speak. I had those experiences. I've been really lucky with cage warriors. Do you know what I mean? To judge mm-hmm. a lot of kind of big fights, five round fights, fights that were live, and that 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 I had that kind of sense of like I felt like I couldn't breathe, and then it started, and I was like, okay, this is fine, and mm-hmm. I know where I am here. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's like it, when you get to that point. You'll know that you you'll know that you're ready for it. Isn't Cage Warrior just such a great place for everyone around here? Yeah, exactly. Because like like even if you're talking about I remember Ariel tweeted there last year, like Cage Warriors are arguably the best place in the world for fighters coming through. But like look at judges yourself, look at Mark Goddard, the referee, look at commentators, you know, Dan Hardy and John yeah, Good. Exactly. Look at myself and PT cover the sport coming through doing it and other people as well. hundred percent. Like, God, I, I loads can't of, say loads, things of, loads of referees, do you know what I mean? Like Dan Dan Motherheady, Rich Mitchell, do you know what I mean? Fantastic referee, the judges as well, like me and Mark Collette and David Letherby, do you know what I mean? All those guys. We regularly, the, the great thing with it is, is like, we all regularly do Cage Warriors. I still yeah. do Cage Warriors events, do you know what I mean? I did a load of them last year and I, I, I love it. Like, I love those people and that organization and, and it kind of, it's still so nice, do you know what I mean? To kind of, that they're still kind of doing that and there's mm. still a kind of place for a great show like that. But you, you're right, it's kind of, it's a place where in 2012 when those fights are on MMA Junkie, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was kind of, here, there, and everywhere, judging these massive fights. It's, it was a, yeah, it was a crazy opportunity that I'll kind of always be indebted to them, really, because it kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of taught me a, an awful lot in a very short time. Yeah, and even as well for for people like. Uh, you know, we talked about there sitting, standing cage side and looking and seeing the effect of the fights. I'd encourage anyone to go to like, you know, a leisure centre fight or something like that. Because even 100%. me, like, going, going to those cage legacy fights where I'm literally sitting in the, alongside the judges at the judges' seat. I like, I, I, I always tell the story. I had my bottle of water up against the cage ones, and the first fight I got knocked down and nearly soaked myself. But like sitting, sitting there, seeing the fights and seeing the effect of the striking, it's it's totally different even from sitting in in the front row where, where I'd sit, uh, you know, in the media row. It's totally and utterly different. I'd encourage anyone if they could. Get get there even to you know your local gym if there's a sparring on or something if you're training there or whatever just look at and put yourself in that position i think that's helped me an awful lot and i think it it's a, it, most people don't actually get to do that because it's hard to actually no. find that spot but yeah i think that's uh, an interesting one right let's get it to a food this question before we, we wrap this up and the there first one here is actually i think you kind of touched on it there a second ago about talking you know to matt ratner and writing a few lines on uh, on the fights afterwards and dylan has asked here it would be interesting to see uh, what they thought about having to write a line or two after each round explaining what they felt like and how i uh, felt how a person won it do you think that's something that could be done like after every fight that goes to the decision the judges you know write out five or six lines in each round why do why this person won why this person lost or whatever it is and then it goes up online or whatever afterwards and we can see and we can understand why the person won the round or won the fight i see um i see the the, the principle of it um it's not that different to what happens with a lot of the big shows because what you always have um uh ufc bellator do you know what i mean all these big shows will always have uh 
post-event uh, briefings. Mm-hmm. Um, so how it'll work is like um, uh, you'll go to kind of a commissioner's room and how it works is uh, whoever's in charge, be it uh, Mr. Mark Ratner or anybody else mm-hmm. who's, who's in charge, like they'll go through each fight and it'll be right then. This was, uh, so we had this fight, uh, knockout, talk about the stoppage, uh, this fight, uh, et cetera. And if there's a decision, it'd be like, okay, so on this one, we had a split decision. Maybe this judge had this, this judge had this. Okay, can you talk me through rounds two or three and tell me exactly what you saw there? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that happens. That happens at every big event. Like uh, you you are kind of held accountable for that. But like, should, um, should the public be able to see that? Like, Should, should the public be able to see that? Um, I don't know, maybe. Um I think like what you don't want is it becoming like a a, a kind of witch hunt, really. Yeah. Um, I think as long as there is a review, I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think that the, 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 the people will understand. And the good thing with those things is they're never a witch hunt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been in, I've been in loads of them, and I've been in loads of them where I've had a certain view of maybe a fight I wasn't even scoring. Do you know what I mean? And I've listened to somebody talk about it, watched it back, and and do you know what I mean? And understood a different card and a different kind of perspective. I think we can all kind of learn from from kind of stuff like that. And I think like, yeah, I think more talking about judging kind of is helpful. The context is important, but anything more more kind of conversational about judging is a is a big plus for everybody, really. Mm-hmm. Like I have about ten gifts here, and under this tweet, it's like, uh, <laughs> what? Can you explain to me what you've been doing? Like, uh, why? How dare you? And all this, like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I don't know why, why, how to even uh, put that to you, but like when you see that, like, like there's a, a tremendous amount of like disrespect towards judges and just like you know, is, yeah. <laughs> what do you feel about like because it's the media have a similar sort of thing, I suppose, but it's not nearly as bad because I suppose we can go out and tell them to fuck off and stuff, and it's a lot yeah, easier exactly. for us. But is that something that you you've struggled with maybe early? Like I struggled <clears throat> with it early days as well. People like slagging me and everything, but I kind of got used to it. Is that something you've developed over the years of kind of you know getting rid of them out of yeah, your head? Yeah, you get a thing about it. Every the thing is right. Every now and then you have to reel someone in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every now and then you have to just kind of just just a question and the, the thing is like with most of these uh these kind of uh people is that uh is that they generally fold under questioning do you know what i mean yeah. you'll give them anything and then they'll just completely fold and then and then that's that do you know what i mean but like 99 percent of the time you couldn't respond to them all you'd run out of time yeah do you know what i mean you'd completely and utterly kind of uh you completely run out of time but things that make me laugh are like the ones like where they're like uh judges being bribed or yeah. do you know what i mean or stuff like that yeah. oh of course it was yeah of course it was do you know what i mean i don't think it's not like do you know what i mean it's not like a film noir film from the 1920s like no one's still bowling around with an envelope do you know what i mean for me like with a with like do you know what i mean a load of money for somebody to take a dive in the third it's nonsense it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just there are a lot of kind of popular uh, popular kind of uh, the thing is another one like home judging yeah another popular misconception you'll see like i worked a load of events over my time my time in russia and a russian guy will win a close fight and it's like well you'd expect that of russian judges and i'm like no nah, man i'm from stoke like I'm, <laughs> I'm from stoke there's a geezer from poland and there's somebody else from finland here like i yeah. don't know what you're on about like, it's but just ridiculous does does the crowd kind of getting behind himself ever like okay maybe not you because you've judged hundreds of fights or thousands of fights or whatever but maybe like a new judge or something do you think that's something you kind of have to get used to that the crowd the hometown crowd being behind the person and like oh you know it's it might sway you a little bit You've got to kind of, um, like, if you do, the, the funny thing is that, like, the, the, a lot of the more raucous kind of crowds that you see 
are in the local scene anyway because you're so close to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of put your time in there and you learn kind of quite quickly of the fact that if somebody's got a big following, there's going to be more of a noise when he lands something. Or or if a team's got like a... What you find as well is like a early doors. Like a, if a team's got like a very kind of loud or, do you know what I mean, voracious kind of corner man or corner team. Get straight out like the door afterwards. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You, you just... <laughs> yeah. you, you just... Well, you're... Do you know what I mean? You become aware of those kind of situations. And like you say, it's, it's like anything else. You put your time in. Uh, you put the uh, you put the miles in, then it mm-hmm. then it it's just a bigger version of that when you get to a when you get to kind of a when you get to kind of a bigger show. But yeah, every like I say, every every now and then you've got a you've got a kind of a yeah you've got a real one of these idiots in. But I mean, I don't know. Like the thing with me is like with with that is I I travel a lot with other MMA officials, mate. Like if I get after an event, right? If I get one or two messages from people, right, and it's very very rare. Mm-hmm. It's a drop in the ocean compared to what these referees are getting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's an absolute. You cannot begin to fathom yeah. the amount of. Do you know what I mean? The amount of like. Do you remember Sorry, when? Kevin. Uh, oh, mate, mate, right when it when that fight happened, when it when Dillashaw, TJ Dillashaw yeah. in it, yeah, Dillashaw and Cejudo, mate. Mark Goddard got about ten messages. What'd you stop that for? He was on holiday in Dubai. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't yeah. even in the country. He's on holiday in Dubai. There was one. The, there was one where somebody mistook it. I, I retweeted it like uh, Jason Herzog. Somebody said, "Ah, oh, a bad performance there from Herb Dean." Oh, uh, Herb yeah. Dean. <laughs> uh, you, 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 I, don't, I don't get how you get those two confused. Oh, God. I remember that. Yeah, you know, it's like twins. It's un, yeah. It's unreal. That is funny, all right. Right, last question here before we move on to Go the on. next podcast. Chad, I like this one, cause, and I think I kind of know your answer, but I'll ask you anyway. He, he said, uh, what have you done to ensure that your judging skills are hold, uh, honed sorry, <laughs> in so that uh, fights are, are uh, decided accurately? So what do you do? Like, between, Say like you've six weeks off now or whatever. What do you do yeah. to kind of hone your skills, keep them, keep them uh, uptight? Um, so what I generally do is I'm always kind of watching fights, and I'm in so many chats with like on WhatsApp and, and, and Facebook Messenger, so many chats with other officials and like other judges specifically. And we'll always just be shooting each other rounds here and there. If you just have a look at this, you can just have a look at that. If I'm away from judging for more than a month, there'll generally be some events on. Do you know what I mean? Like there'll be like, uh, like I, 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 do you know what I mean? I probably like, uh, if, if I have like six weeks off or something like that, there won't be six weeks without any events. There'll be something. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get a chance to kind of watch the fights. And then maybe the day after I'll kind of get like maybe two or three of them and kind of stick myself in the spare room, get a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. watch them from a judging point of view. You can kind of do that, which is, which is kind of nice. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and also as well, like obviously keeping up date with what's happening, keeping up date with the, with, kind of the abc and the abc reviews keeping abreast of it with by speaking to other officials and a big one for me especially these last couple of years is kind of a um a training more jiu-jitsu really mm-hmm. like um because i ain't about to go out there and get punched in the face like i, I start I, I trained mma that was how i started in about 2005 and yeah it was, it was a lot of fun and i'm glad i did it and it made me kind of understand the sport an awful lot more but like over these last couple of years do you know what i mean two three years kind of finding a good uh, a really cool kind of good like jiu-jitsu team kind of near me and stuff and getting in there kind of two three times a week um it just kind of you just kind of get uh, i don't know you just keep keep sharp and keep you kind of keep abreast of kind of trends that are happening in mm-hmm. kind of grappling really so like when it comes to kind of judging and stuff like you, you you'll see somebody maybe going for something and it'll give you more time to 
to react to what might potentially happen then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You might see an entry on a submission that you've seen in somewhere if you're watching. Because the thing with me is obviously I travel a lot. So like I'll, on my tablet, I'll have, I've got a load of old video games, a load of films and a load of instructionals. And I'll just take my pick as to what I want to watch. But if you're watching like a new instructional, it might be a technique that's kind of of the moment. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you're seen in a fight, you'll see somebody go for it. You'll think to yourself, Rouse, you'll mentally kind of, sharpen yourself in the same way that if you see somebody shape for a certain strike do you know what i mean if you see the hip switch and you think maybe always oh, maybe to go for spinning back kick or do you know what i mean like you yeah. you're you're more aware of you give yourself more chance to kind of react um in the right way to to something kind of uh chaotic happening yeah and i, th- I think that's and also a trend between people in MMA because I remember even like going to the fights at, at the start when I started covering fights and sitting alongside the lads and press row and it's like oh he's about to throw a kick and then he throws a kick and you know other people kind of think of it the same way but the, the more you watch MMA and the, think, the more you kind of get into it you kind of have a, a better understanding for that but I suppose we're getting off topic now really. last thing here Brad, Brad Wharton asks how do you clear ghosts and ghouls on one credit that's what that's the big question Brad Wharton with a lot of <laughs> right with, <laughs> with a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah. Girls and Ghosts, one credit, my friend, took 412 takes Fucking back in up. the long, miserable summer of 2017, I want to say. But yeah, it was a, it was a long time. But here's the thing, right? I play a lot of old arcade machines. I love kind of uh, stuff like that. And uh, when I did the UFC in Melbourne, I managed to find an arcade. So I was only I was only in Melbourne for like a day and a half. But uh, I got to the hotel and I managed to find an arcade and I could like have a, have a, have a pint of Diet Coke and play Girls and Ghosts. Do you know what I mean? 300... 3,500 miles away or whatever it was. It was a, uh, yeah, it, it kind of settles me playing old computer games does. Yeah, <laughs> we all need something like that anyway. <laughs> Don't we exactly. In this game. Right, thank you very much. Tell people where they can find you, where they can find your uh, Patreon and you, all your uh, your YouTube channel and everything like that. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, on, on uh, Twitter, me, myself, I'm at Ben Cartledge 80 and my, uh, yeah, my YouTube venture is uh, One Credit Classics and I play like, how it works is I basically play all video games through on One Credit and then put them up on YouTube. I stream every now and again. I do a stream uh, in a couple of weeks' time like i'll play like like i say stuff from the 80s and 90s really and there's yeah there's there's a few things there's a twitter account which is at number one credit classics and there's a patreon and all kinds of stuff uh, kind of related to that but uh, but me personally yeah if you want to have a chat to me about all things uh, mixed martial arts judging then yeah check out um yeah mainly on twitter pretty much yeah it's uh, at ben cartilage 80 very good right ben thank you very much i really appreciate this i honestly i think if if more people were as open and honest as you i think we'd all have a better sport you know with fighters and and judges and officials and and promoters and everything i think it's it's great that we can have conversation like this and sure like people send us in questions maybe we can have another one down the line and even uh clear up some more things so yeah fantastic it makes everybody's job easier do you know what i mean and it makes everybody's enjoyment of what we're watching easier do you know what i mean it's like it's 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 difficult but if everybody's kind of uh aware of what what the criteria is then we have less kind of rubbish outs at night uh, get less stressed about it hobberies less hobberies in 2020 <laughs> please hobbies in 2020. Ben, thank you very much thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you all next time